You're listening to a Flawless Noises Media Network production. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Gay Side Stories, where the gay shit goes. I'm your host, Trilificent. Thank you so much for joining me for another week. If you want additional content from me and my squad, or you just want to support the show and Flawless Noises Media Network, subscribe to the flawless noises patreon it's patreon.com slash flawless noises or you can buy some merch gay side story shirts are available so go to flawlessnoises.com slash store and pick something up and now let's start the show so on the show this week i have dow jones aka hershey to help me facilitate this conversation thank you for joining me no problem, no problem. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. No problem. So I say let's just get right into it. So as usual, we start with the first segment, the queer query. Question. Three questions. Let's talk it out. First question. What Beyonce song is playing at your wedding? Um, <laughs> um I, Beyonce is singing Trust in Me at my wedding from the uh, Cadillac Record soundtrack. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <told> ma'am. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how we're going to pay for it, but <laughs> that's what I want. Oh, listen, I'm good with the recording because unless me and Beyonce friends, I ain't got the five. I love you, sis. I will be at the concert. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have that long Indian money. I'm not going to See, I'm, I'm trying to work on getting me an Indian man with some long Indian money, so listen, we're working on that. Like, I mean, maybe if I can find me somebody in Saudi Arabia or something, I mean, we might be able to talk. Hey. Put, put myself on the Mariah Carey plane. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, she need to put out a book on that. <laughs> waste my time. Come on. The waste my time defense. I'm here for that. Okay. If I was wanting to get married, which right now I'm like, if I were to get married, it would probably be a marriage of convenience. Like, so these tax breaks. Mm. But if I were to marry for love, I guess, you know, people do that <laughs> apparently. Uh, um, I would play either a clear live version of One Plus One mm-hmm. or maybe Still in Love. Oh, that's good. That's a good one. It, that one feels more wedding-esque to me, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like that's one of those songs that's playing and, and the groom is sitting there crying, trying to still be macho. Right, right, right. And a woman sitting there, she just glowing and fur- flourishing because she probably ready to get out that dress and put it on him because he crying because she's so <laughs> you know, that girl's what that song reminds me of. So if I was going to marry for love, if I believed in such an abstract concept. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's a that's a different podcast. We gotta talk about that. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's keep the lid on that. <laughs> Number two, what combination of superpowers featured on American Horror Story Coven would you want? And it's a limit of three powers, so don't say all. Okay, because you know every gay wants to be the supreme. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That that's a given. So that's why I narrowed it down. Because that's a given. We all the supreme. We all out here slicing throats of the next bitch, so she don't usurp us. So yes, I'm with you. Right. So let's limit it to three for an interesting conversation. Um, you know, I really thought about it, and I was like, I really don't really need three because I'm one of those people. If I can't have it all, if I can have what I want, then I just won't have nothing. <laughs> Okay, so you just regular. No, but I did say I would get telepathy. Like I think that would be the most useful and um, efficient power out of all the powers that I've seen on the show. I can see it. Um, I'm going with the obvious, the telekinesis, mm. because the thought of somebody saying something that annoys me, and I can just like throw them into a wall. Mm, boy, yeah, that. See, I do that with my fist. I'm good. <laughs> I know, but it's just, it's so much more fun because you don't even have to, like, break a sweat. 
like that one part when Fiona busts into that room with them girls and just threw them at the wall. <laughs> like, okay, that was and they they had them little skirts on and them heels and they got up like nothing happened. And I was like, okay, but you got thrown into a whole wall. Disrespectful. <laughs> uh, my second one would be uh, transmutation, which on there they basically is the same as teleportation. Mm-hmm. Remember when they was running around and Zoe dumbass teleported onto the sharp ass fence? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> See, because I, I thought about that one too, because I was like, you know, I could go to all the different prides and, you know, I could really turn my jacket on and, you know, travel around the world and there wouldn't be no problem. But, okay. see, I'd be no messing around. You and- <laughs> no, nothing, Jesus. <laughs> we don't pop my ass on the fence. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to let her have that. Mm. And the last one would be power negation. Like, oh, I guess that would only be useful if there was other people with powers. But I mean, if I have powers, I'm gonna assume everybody else got powers. So I want the power to turn their powers off. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't reading my mind, bitch. Get the fuck. <laughs> All right. Good. That was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think that's a nice little combination. I'm like, you know, I'll leave you alone, you leave me alone. But if not, I'm teleporting. I'm coming to your door (laughs) in 0.25 seconds, Goku style. I'm turning your powers off and I'm beating your ass. (laughs) There you go. Teleporting what was said. All right. Last question. If you could choose any person, who would you want to be an executive producer of a project of yours? Hmm. I thought about it for a long time and I was like, who, who do I trust? (laughs) And I came back with Oprah Winfrey. Okay. I'm here for that. Even though, you know, my sis Monique, you know, got some, you know, got some things to say about Miss Oprah. I still trust Mama Oprah. Yeah. Same. Like, I mean, I don't know all the details, but if we going on based on averages, like, (laughs) We got one person who say Oprah is trash publicly. Meanwhile, Oprah has done all of the things to be a billionaire. So it's like, I may have to go with the billionaire on this. I'm sorry, Monique. I love you for real. <laughs> for real. <laughs> I love us for real. No, but I, I'm going to have to go with the track record. <laughs> I think I think um, with Monique and Oprah, it's like a little bit more personal. Yeah. And I'm I, you know, I'm really agreeing with Monique and everything she's saying. So I was side-eyed, but I still trust Oprah, like as a black person, um, in trying to be in control of our own stories and control of our own products and what we do. Yeah. It's just very few people that you can actually, I feel like, in the industry, trust to maintain your voice throughout the process. So right, without bastardizing it and making it something that's completely different from your vision. Exactly. I get that. Um, I think for me, probably would depend on the focus. If I was doing a project that was LGBT centric, then I would say lean away. But if I was doing something, probably anything else at this point, and this may change depending on what happens this year as far as movies and TV and everything. But at this point, if I was doing anything other than something LGBT, I would say Jordan Peele. Ooh, okay. Listen, I'm coming for Nick's. <laughs> All right. Either the black Nick or the rainbow Nick, but one of the Nicks. I'm coming for Nick's. <laughs> All right. That was fun. That was fun. So now we're going to move into the main topic, which may not be as much fun, but it is important to discuss. And it is another installment of the Dating While Fat series. As a reminder, this topic was inspired by a tweet from user Nerd About Town, who you heard on the previous episode. And on that episode, we did it from a woman's point of view, from a cishet woman's point of view. And I would say probably more so an interracial point of view, just from her individual experience. And now we're going to do the black gay perspective. Oh Lord. Ain't no oh Lord. That's why you here. (laughs) So let's get into it. I want to start with a question for you. How do you self-identify? Because 
everyone who may have a few extra pounds looks at themselves differently and they may identify differently. So how do you self-identify? Fat, thick, et cetera, et cetera, thin, swole. Oh no, I am most definitely fat. <laughs> I am fat. I am morbidly obese. I am um, overweight and um, I'm okay with that. Um, I, I do see a lot of people self-identify differently. Um, and two, it's, it's, it can be kind of hard finding where you fit in on that spectrum too, mm -hmm. because you know, what's fat to me might not be fat to somebody else and what's thick to somebody might be thick to somebody else. And we all know as we, um, anybody who's ever put on some extra pounds, we know that we don't have really a choice of where that fat decides to go. And right. so, <laughs> because, you know, your biology may make your fat go to your hips and, and thighs and buttocks, you can call yourself thick, but because mine goes to my stomach and my chest, you know, I'm just fat. So right. even though we both can be the same height and weigh the same, so it's definitely, it's hard to navigate. I myself choose to identify more on the extreme end because I don't ever want to be pretending to be something that I'm not or trying to Hello. So you, if, if you love this as it is right now, then I ain't got to worry about the surprising body of people claiming I was catfishing or whatever. Say that. But you will never be able to call me a catfish. <laughs> never be able to call me a catfish. You will know up front <laughs> that I got a lot up front. Up front, right. I'm letting you know now. And if you continue with things, then, hey, you knew what the fuck you was getting into, all right? Exactly. So the way that you worded that made me think of something that I guess will help segue to the next question a little bit. But when you were talking about different ways people self-identify and what's fat on one person may be thick on the next person, I wonder if some of that is because of how people that are attracted to that type of body verbalize it. And maybe that's part of the reason why there's this kind of fat versus thick debate. Because if you think about it, and I could just be talking from my own personal experience. Mm -hmm. However, if you think about it, whenever you deal with somebody that's not fat, that likes fat people, the way that they talk about you and describe you, like they never use those types of terms. They don't call you fat. They don't call you obese. They, you know, you're thick or yeah. some some dangerous animal that happens to be big that for whatever reason they want to make cuddly and <laughs> you know what I mean? You, oh, you know, my little rhinoceros. And you're like, bitch, <laughs> I'm just fat. Like, Jesus Christ, it's not that serious. So I wonder if that's part of the reason why. I mean, I know the term thick is coveted across genders and um, sexualities. But I just wonder how much of that is influenced by the desirables, quote unquote, and how they verbalize their attraction. Most definitely, because, I mean, if you like somebody, you're attracted to somebody, you never want to use um, a term um, to describe them that could be. Um, considered negative or offensive. Right. So um, fat, generally speaking, is not something that has a um, good connotation to it. Um, and me just being fat my whole life and being comfortable in being fat, um, it doesn't have that for me. And I try to encourage people to kind of step away from that because um, I use it in the same way that colorism kind of works too, you know, because you have dark skin and light skin and everything in between. And we'll end up on this darker than or lighter than conversation of who's actually light skin and who's actually dark skin. Mm -hmm. And you run into that same situation. Well, I'm just fat. And so you can say I'm thick or you like thicker people because that's your way of saying I like fat people. One, either to not be offensive to other people or to not get clowned by your boys or, you know, whoever your friends circle for yeah. um, being attracted to not the status quo of what other people deem to be attractive or beautiful. Yeah, I agree with that. So since we uh, pulled up to the attraction part of the conversation, 
what about you personally? Are you a lover and dater of other fat people, or is that not your ministry? <laughs> <laughs> you know, for a long time, it was not my ministry. And it wasn't necessarily my ministry because I wasn't attracted to bigger guys. I didn't think bigger guys were cute or whatever. But when growing up, or, and this is when, you know, DL or whatever, people always used to try to say, well, y'all both fat, so y'all should date. Yeah. And <laughs> I was, the same yeah, way I mean, they say, well, y'all both gay, so y'all should date. Y'all should date, right. So it's like, bitch, are you serious? And <laughs> I, I took offense to that. And so I was just like, people think that I'm only deserving of love from another fat person because we can't find love outside of other people like you only can be fat to appreciate fatness nobody else will want to date you mm -hmm. so i really rejected that mind frame and stayed away from that because i was one of those you know i'm gonna prove y'all wrong and i'm gonna pull niggas that you would never think that would fuck somebody who looked like me and then that goes to two being still fall into that same kind of trap though of not dating necessarily for what i liked but getting the type of dudes that was going to make my friends gag. Oh. And now I think more for myself and he's not for you to like. I just have to think he's attractive. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you can be, I, I'm known for saying this on Twitter all the time, anything under 200 pounds is childish. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's, <laughs> And I don't mean to, you know, offend my twinks and stuff out there. And it's a couple of skinny niggas that, that could get all this love. But generally speaking, <laughs> 200 pounds is plus is, is where I'm at. Because, I mean, you can be fine to me and be, you know, 350 pounds. And you can be fine to me and be, you know, 180. It, it doesn't, to me, that's, it doesn't matter if you're cute, you're cute. Yeah. So the interesting thing about that, and the reason why I asked is because I was curious to see what another person's experience was like. Because for me, I never really looked at bigger guys earlier in my gay career mm -hmm. because I felt like two big people don't need to be together. Like, it's just, how is that going to work? The logistics, like, it just... <laughs> because you don't ever see two big people together. You don't mm -hmm. see it in porn. You don't see it on TV. If the Usually the husband is fat and the wife is, is spelt. Mm -hmm. And so I was just like, I'm already big. Like, I am the big person. <laughs> like, you know, at this point, it's like, shit, what am I going to... You know, what are two big people going to do? And it took me a while to just realize that I even thought that way. And it wasn't because I never saw anybody bigger, as big as me or bigger than me that was attractive, but I was just like, look, can only be, look, you need a positive and you need a negative. That's how you make it work. We both can't be positive. We both can't be pluses. All right, two pluses repel each other. Haven't y'all tried to put two magnets together? And they was like, no, nah, girl, <laughs> I don't fuck with her. Okay, you put two magnets together from the, on the wrong end, and it's like Brandy and Monica. They don't gel. And that's one of the things, too, like you just said, because that was an example that was set for me, because my mom was a big girl, mm -hmm. and my dad was a stick. And I see it all the time. I see big girls. A big girl always got a man. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna keep it real. Big, big women got a man. She a woman, and she weigh over two hundred. And not only do she got a man, she got a husband, and like she, she locked it down. Um, and so I just felt like when people would like try to say, "Oh, y'all too big, y'all should go together," it's like, well, my mom ain't have to get no big dude. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, and not that you know. Like I said, not even that I was attracted to skinny people, but it was still just the, or that I wasn't, it was wanting to rebel against what was being assigned to me. Yeah, that makes sense. Meanwhile, I'm over here like, look, I don't know if the bed frame going to be able to hold that much weight. Only one of us can be big. I used to tell myself that too. <laughs> and but... now I'm like... <laughs> Now I'm like, if it break, it break, I guess. Shit, I don't know. <laughs> well, that's why I host, because everybody's furniture ain't designed for what I got. <laughs> Come through, logistics. I'm so, here for it. You know, I'm I, here you got, for it. You got big locks and Ikea furniture? 
Oh, girl, we all gonna die. <laughs> we all gonna die. Right? <laughs> you and probably not, gonna die by yourself. I'm not gonna buy you a new bed frame. So you know, just come to my house. Yeah, I, I yeah. got the four posters. It's heavy. You know, it's, it's good. We good to go. Okay. Okay. So let's switch from where we are to more dating specific. So tell me about a good dating experience that you've had. Mm. And the reason why I ask this is because even in the year of our Lord or our whatever you believe in, there's still people who feel like, you know, fat people can only get what ever is thrown at them. They're not supposed to have standards. And we, I've talked about this. It was a long time ago. But if y'all go back to episode 17, where I had Deviant Onyx and John Redcorn on, and we were talking about this whole thing, but it's still people who feel this way. And so I'm always curious and I like to highlight in this series, fat people, overweight people, obese people, thick people, whatever you call yourself, having good dating experiences, because it's just a given that we're going to have bad ones. So with all that said, take it away. I'm I'm trying to think of a good dating experience. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have me say <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to feel bad that, that was the second way to that because God damn it. Ooh, it's hard out here for a pimp. Um well, you ain't never lied. <laughs> no, I think too. I think to that point, I'll say this though. A lot of my dating experience I haven't attributed to being my experience because I'm overweight. Um, being gay, being black and gay, um, being black, gay, and overweight, it's a lot of stuff added to it. So then you have to ask yourself, like I, I have a, a friend, she's a plus-size model, um, Simone, and she models for Torrid and all these other plus-size brands. She's, you know, she's, she's paid, and she's a beautiful girl. And she talks about me and not wanting to be seen with her in public. You know, they want to date her, but they don't want to, you know, introduce her to their homeboys. And she's a model. She's just mm -hmm. a big girl model. And um, I could have, I've experienced that same thing, but I might have attributed to he don't want his boys. You know, he's DL. Yeah. It's not because I'm fat. So it's that extra layer to it. I will say, though, that um, one guy in particular um, that I met online, and this was probably 2010, 2011, he had my head fucked all the way up because he was the first guy that I ever met that, he was the first guy I ever dated that was not DL, so it wasn't sneaking and hiding and all that kind of stuff. But also he was the first guy that I dated who was a chaser, was a known chaser. You know, everybody he followed was over 250 pounds, you know? So I walked into that situation knowing that I was completely desired as I was. Okay. And for me, even though that situation didn't work out and that situation also really was negative in some ways because I went in completely wide open and you should never do that. <laughs> but mm, it was the first time I've been with somebody that I allowed myself to dream or to aspire to the relationship to go to a, you know, go all the way to the next level to go to the max. But it let me know that they were people and that it was a community out here that embraced who I was and that there was beauty in it. Okay. I like that. I like that. Um, ooh. Do I have any positive dating experience? Dating is just... <laughs> Oh, dating is so 2000 and late. <laughs> um, I mean, I didn't really consider the question being specifically because of being fat. I just felt like it was inherent in if it was a good experience and you were fat while you had the experience and it's a positive dating experience. It didn't necessarily have to be tied in directly with the weight. So I guess... I don't know. I don't feel like I've how long how long does it have to go before you can qualify it as a good experience? Even if it if it ended poorly. <laughs> What's well, I mean, the universal standard? <laughs> I, I don't think it's a universal standard of it because even that last situation that was probably off and on for several years. What I mean is um positive and negative, or to me what's a positive experience. 
is an experience that made me fuller and better than I was before I entered it. Even mm-hmm. if it ended badly, I learned something about myself. You know, I walked away from that knowing that, hell, I met John Redcorn and Demonics. Like I wouldn't know who I wouldn't know you. I wouldn't know who these people were had it not been through him and my relationship with him to know that this community even existed. Because okay. my my friends weren't fat. I, you know, I was the fat friend. And, <laughs> you know, so um, knowing that in, in, in the Black gay circle that there was a community of fat people who, you know, dated other fat people or were places where people who like to date fat people would come and that it wasn't all everybody won't, you know, messing around with each other per se, but that they were friends and that they were open and, and confident and, you know, even with that extra roll on their back or whatever, would post the same kind of pictures that my skinny friends would post and that there were Instagram pages, you know, completely dedicated to it, that it opened my eyes to something else. So if anytime you walk away with something positive, I think it's a, a good experience. It was, you learn something from it. Okay. I think I've talked about this. I'm sure I've talked about this on the show before, but I would say probably my first boyfriend, it was a brief situation. We've known each other for a long time, but that actual dating experience was brief. But I can say that that was one of the first times that I felt wanted. And it kind of hit all of the boxes of my insecurities, my weight, my skin color, or my or the, the darkness of my skin inexperienced like so many things and this guy just swooped in and was like what's up nigga and i was like and and shit a week later i have a whole boyfriend so i would say that was a positive experience i got something positive out of it even though it went to hell very quickly (laughs) i mean but i was 19 at the time what are you gonna do like (laughs) that nigga's pushing 40 i'm in my mid-30s like what can you do so i would say that okay so now let's flip it let's Turn that theater mask to the other side and let's talk about bad experiences, but let's narrow it down to one because speaking for myself, we could be here all day. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I don't really, I wouldn't say I had, I'm trying to like, my bad dating experience wasn't actually dating. It was in the attempt of trying to date, right? So that counts. Okay, so on apps, dating apps and things like that. The ghetto. The ghetto. (laughs) um, And even Twitter sometimes too, and Instagram, as I mentioned, you see people posting, they're very confident and displaying and being real with themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes there's some insecure people out there in the world, and I will acknowledge that I am not for everybody. Um, but they come forward um, with a negative and nasty opinion. So for a long time, I wasn't on Jack because every week my pictures would get reported. They were wow. they were in the rules and they would get reported. And it wasn't that I was nude or anything like that, but the picture would get reported and my pictures would be taken down and I had to wait a week to put a picture back up only for it to be reported again. And it was just somebody in the community who kept reporting my picture because they did not want to see me up there. And you will have people who will um, hit you up um, sexually and hit you up sexually in the, and want immediate satisfaction and gratification. Yeah. Um, and if you're unresponsive to it, then they immediately attack you Um, and attack your weight because they feel like, how dare you look the way you look? How dare you weigh as much as you weigh? And not cater to me. And not cater to me and not jump on the opportunity to have sex with me. And um, so I would say that was probably the most hurtful because it was people that, too, I had not messaged you. I had not liked your pictures. I had not visited your profile. So what even gave you the inclination that I wanted you to begin with to then attack me for not wanting you or just existing. Yeah. And it's really the just for existing part that is mind blowing. Like imagine taking the time to report somebody's picture every time you see it, just because you don't want to see them on Jack or you don't feel like they deserve to be there. Is, is your scrolling function in your Jack 
not working? Like, if it's that bad, why don't you just block the profile so you don't have to see them? Exactly. And like I said, you take the extra petty step to report that picture because they wanted you to know and feel bad. Mm -hmm. That's fucked up. And you'll see it. You know, people turn your pictures into memes or you'll see it all the time. Um, Like I've always been, I would say this is a negative aspect too. You know, I ain't want to honk my horn and that, but you know, I don't. You know, I done pulled some bad ones, you know what I'm saying? And if beep, I was, beep. <laughs> beep, beep. Yeah. But, you know, if I was to post pictures of us, somebody I know would take that picture and meme it. You know, if he got this, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. You know, well, the fact that you even thought to take my picture and post it and meme it and turn it into something negative is what you're doing wrong. And that's why don't nobody like you. Well. So this story, again, I've definitely told on the show before, but there's an update. So I'm going to tell it again. Because <laughs> I don't know if I've ever had any experiences that have been bad specifically because of my weight. Like I've had little things here and there, but as we just said previously, I've always been 179% upfront about what you get. And like there's no hidden pounds. There's no hidden agenda. Um, it is what it is and you know what it is up front so that we don't have to waste each other's time if that's not what you're about. But I did have an instance where I dated this guy. I I, I finally decided to call it dating, even though I'm like, it was like four seconds. <laughs> but I dated this guy. He met my friends because he kind of bogarted his way to my house when I was having a game night. And then as Valentine's Day approached, he ghosted. And then he popped back up like six months later, and then he ghosted again. So the reason why this is significant and the reason why I'm putting it under the negative column is, number one, getting ghosted twice in the same year by the same guy, even though the second time I was expecting it. I was just like, basically, I was on my Jocelyn, like, oh, why is you here? And I know you're not going to be here that long, mate. And he wasn't. But this is significant because, <laughs> because he's... <laughs> I saw him recently on Facebook. Like someone tagged him on. Someone that I'm Facebook friends with tagged him. And so me being messy, petty trash that day, I don't usually let that part of me out. But I don't know. I let him fall like that day. <laughs> And so I added him as a friend and he accepted. Uh, It was his birthday. So I wished him a happy birthday. Um, And then he started. I thought that was going to be the end of it. And from there, he started having a conversation with me. And I was like, okay, we started talking back and forth or whatever. And so the most recent conversation we had, I don't even know how it came up. I must have been on some real trash that day because. (laughs) No, you know what? It was on Valentine's Day. And so I was just kind of matter of factly like, huh? I was like, oh, it's Valentine's Day. I was like, man, you ghosted me on Valentine's Day a decade ago. He was like, um, <laughs> he was like, no, he was like, no, you the one who disappeared. And I was like, well, actually, <laughs> you ghosted when I asked you about Valentine's Day, and then you came back, and then you ghosted again, and after that. I made myself unavailable to everybody for two years. Like I, I t- took myself completely off the grid, not because I was so hurt about dealing with this dude, but I was just fed up. I had, I don't even think I, I definitely wasn't 30 because this was a decade ago. I wasn't even 25 yet. I don't think. And I was fed the fuck up. I was like, you know what? I'm good. And I ended up from 2009 to 2011. I didn't do anything. I didn't have a profile. I didn't talk to anybody nothing so i thought that was interesting to tell again just for that little update and i said look at this nigga trying to flip the script <laughs> you disappear excuse me how you go somebody twice and then when they call you on you like oh well it was actually you no beloved it was you because that's that's how boys are Niggas ain't shit. Yeah, but I just thought it was so funny. I was like, of course he's friends with somebody that I'm connected with. Of course, of course. So when I told him about himself in that second when he got quiet, so I'm going to see if he's ever going to 
uh, hit me up again. I may have scared him off, which that's fine. But anyway, <laughs> that was one of my negative experiences. I mean, I did get a Scattergories game and a Deep Fryer out of it, so hey. it wasn't all bad. <laughs> all right, so now let's talk a little bit about perception. So what are your unhinged thoughts about how fat black gay men are perceived and treated by their peers? And I mean, within the community, I mean, within family, I mean, just by society, any or all of the above. Oh, um, mm, mm, that's deep. Let I'm, me kick it off. Yeah. I'm going to start by saying that I do still think that there's a lot of truth in kind of the age old saying that there's only certain types of bigger bodies that are widely accepted. And I'm talking about grand scale because I know somebody's going to hear that and be like, nah, it's a whole community of big boys that love each other. Yes, but we had to build a specific community for that. I'm talking about the LGBT community as a whole. It really still feels like there's only certain types of bigger bodies that are celebrated widely and the others we celebrate ourselves or we celebrate each other but i do still think that there's this feeling that as you said earlier if you're fat you just you just don't deserve you don't deserve love. You don't deserve shine. You don't deserve light. You don't deserve to be seen unless you're entertaining everybody in some way. <laughs> or cooking, which I guess could still be considered entertaining. That's entertaining. Just oh. being a benef benefit to other people. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Oh, you the fat friend, so you make everybody else look good. So yeah, you part of the squad. But it's like, how do you really perceive me? Like, do you like me because of who I am or do you like me because standing next to you in a picture, somebody's always going to say, well, who's the one on the left? And I know I'm the one on the right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think that there's a lot of truth in that. I think that things are better because there's more conversation and people are starting to feel more comfortable with their attractions and being outspoken about it. The stigma is starting to slip away. But you think about just in, you don't see a lot of fat people on magazines. You don't see fat black men or really fat men on club flyers and all of that party flyers and all that kind of stuff, unless it's specifically catering to big boys. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? You don't see the bigger male form being celebrated in society by the community and you know still i feel as much as it ever was now i will say that i think it has it's becoming more comfortable but i do think that there's still a line there i feel like the barrier is still there but it has been pushed a little bit if that makes sense it does i think we have a lot of work to do on ourselves too absolutely but for a long time, I used to say it's not necessarily your weight. It's really got to do about, it has a lot to do with your self-esteem, right? And when we talk about being celebrated, um, as a black person, you you come with some, you come with some shit, you come with some negative, you come with some baggage, just being black. And then you come up, you come with some real baggage with self-worth if you're gay. Um, and black, and then you come up with some more baggage because you're fat, and it takes a minute for you yourself to believe that you are um, that you are worthy and that you are um, worthy of love, and you know should be celebrated and should celebrate yourself because you don't feel deserving. Um, for a long time, I used to say you can only trust a fat bitch, you know, as far as a plate of uh, cheddar bay biscuits, and don't ever bring no fat bitch around your man because they will fuck your man. <laughs> and I used to say that because, um, you know, back to your point about being funny and being jovial, because you do have to do that. When you are somebody who is ostracized in your community for who you are, in order to survive that, a lot of times you'll turn to humor 
to yeah. get through it. And that actually can make you popular and that can make you friends. And that'll be the space that you fit in. So it ain't hard for me to make friends. I can make friends anywhere. It's harder for me to get a man. So I'm going to fuck yours. <laughs> Oh God! So, <laughs> so, I'm not condoning fucking nobody's man unless he is in a publicly acknowledged open relationship by both parties. In which case, do what you do. It's and it's not. It's not that that's right and that it's okay. I'm just saying that that's because also too because people can be so unassuming and you're, oh, he ain't trying to fuck him. He ugly. He fat. My nigga ain't, my nigga don't want that. You thought, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And I say all of that to say because you gotta, you you can't feel good about yourself in order to end up in that situation and do that anyway. And we're not celebrated in the same way. And I see all the time because it is this big, thick movement. And I like big guys. And every year when Big Boy Pride is coming around, I see all these people I follow on Twitter saying they seeing John and, and all of their pictures from Big Boy Pride. And they're saying, mm-hmm. oh, I want to come next year. Let me know when. Y'all ain't really want to go. Y'all y'all ain't really about that life. You just tweet it because it's, it's trendy. It, I mean, honestly, you just tweet it. You don't really live that life. The people who just from my personal experience, the people who pop up in my DMs, it's not the type that tweet about liking big boys all day. But I weigh almost 400 pounds, so if you get my DMs, that means you do like big, <laughs> you do like big boys. This is not a, this is not just your flavor of the week. This is finished, because I'm so far on the end of the extreme. Um, if how we perceive ourselves goes into how we perceive others and feeling deserving of love and a lot of times we don't see it and then we don't feel it ourselves and we only see one version of it celebrated. So, um, yeah, I see big guys, you know, they all got a beard and bald headed and trained, you know, and they have a one body type too. And as I said earlier, when you weigh a certain amount, your fat can be distributed, um, a couple of different ways. Yeah. Uh, uh, and just because you big don't mean he the type of big, you the type of big that he like. Because yeah. you, you can weigh 500 pounds and still not have no ass. Okay. <laughs> and it's unfortunate, but it happens. Um, and even when I went to a um, a big boy function, too, I noticed that it just turned into a bigger than a bigger than type of situation. Because it was people there who are fat in their everyday lives, but in a big boy party, they're average or they're small. And I still saw that one guy who was the biggest boy at the big boy pride over in the corner. Mm-hmm. So it was it was the 200 crowd that was really popping and, you know, getting all the dances and getting all the attention. And that, you know, 500 pound boy was over there in the corner. So. We 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 got we got a lot to work on. I just think that um, at the end of the day, you I got to understand is you, you're not for everybody. We all ugly to somebody, but we all beautiful to somebody too. Um, and know that you deserve to be treated, and that you have value. You deserve to be treated well, and that you have value. Okay, so you actually answered a little bit of the next question. So I'm just going to ask if you have any more to add. And that question is, in your opinion, how can dating while fat get better? So beyond loving yourself and the things that you just said, do you feel there anything else that we on this side of the coin or people on the other side of the coin can do to make it better? Okay, two big things. One is I feel like you have to own it, right? Mm -hmm. So... If you have a slim face, but your body not slim, you can post some body pictures. Own it. If you're going out with your friends, own it. Take pictures. Show people that you are existing while fat, that you are living. You're not locked up in a closet somewhere stuffing your face full of food and come out in, in the public and, and, and own your weight and who and what you are. Two, on the other spectrum of things, if you like big guys or you know you see yourself in that one is date and date honestly date openly because that's something that i have 
struggle with too, because like I said, I don't want to be a meme. But if more of us would, would, we out the closet, but we still in the closet in a way, because we don't live our relationships out loud, live your relationships out loud so then people can see it as an example and it not be something that freaks them out in our community. Because you'll see a big girl with a smaller dude, but you don't, you don't really see too many big guys posting their boyfriends if they also are not big. Um, and you, in, in our community, we struggle with that because it's an extra layer of you know homophobia and stuff like that. But we really have to, if we're going to be out, we have to be out. Date who you like. And I kind of explained it to my sister because she's a big girl too. Um, it's going to be boys that don't like you right now because she was in you know middle school going into high school. And when you get in college, they're going to start hitting you up talking about, damn, I always had a crush on you, but I was too scared to speak. Mm-hmm. It, ha- it happens as we age up because mm-hmm. we then start dating who we like and who we're comfortable with as we get more comfortable in ourselves. And that takes time. Because a long time we're dating based off what other people expect us to date or dating the opposite of what other people expect us to date, but we are not dating for ourselves. And so if you are physically attracted to somebody and that person makes you happy and that person is um, who loves you and you love them and y'all could really go the mile, right? You're passing that up because it doesn't look like what you think your life should look like. Mm. I don't disagree. I like that. And now we have a bonus question because you just said something that's very interesting. For a long time, I've had the opinion that a big problem with our community, that being the gay community, is that a lot of us date for other people. As you said, we don't date for ourselves. And so I'm curious if you, number one, agree with that. And number two, if you think that that cycle of maturation i guess is slower when it comes to the gay community most most definitely i say all the time gays mature slower than everybody else and we mature slower than everybody else and i was speaking to my friend his parents because we are you know just reached 30 and his mother is like you know where are my grandchildren (laughs) not just where are my grandchildren but she thinks it's very important that you settle down and you find somebody to spend the rest of your life with, you know, da, 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 and you don't even bring, and she's cool with the gay stuff. She is, you know, she's, she's, she's that kind of mom. You can bring your boyfriend home. Y'all can even stay in the same bed while y'all here. She's that kind of mom. Why don't you bring anybody home? And for us, it's so much harder because we don't, everybody else starts having their first girlfriend or boyfriend when they're in middle school and they date through high school and college and they get a lot of shit out of their system. So that by the time they're in their 30s, they are ready and they are mature and they have experienced relationships. We don't get to date in that same way. We may have been sexually active at that same time, but we were not dating. Because that is a, an important <laughs> distinction to make. We know how to fuck, but we do not know how to make a relationship with another human being. Exactly. Just because you was hoeing in seventh grade like me, that don't mean you know how to do a relationship. (laughs) We're comfortable on a physical side, but we're we're emotionally stunning. And then you'll see everybody talk about when you date, you know, broken people attract broken people and you got to be healthy. We aren't healthy. (laughs) <laughs> we are gays. We have a lot of baggage. We are, uh, we're faggots. We we don't love ourselves. We've been trying to change ourselves. We've been trying to pray it away. We're not comfortable with it because of all the negative stuff that's been ascribed to it growing up. So we're not even meeting people that's healthy, full, fully realized individuals, mature and ready to start a relationship. So we are definitely not on the same level at the same age. And that also puts more pressure on us too, because like, Oh shit, I'm 30 years old and I still ain't had a, a real boyfriend. Well, bitch, you ain't you ain't even get your first kind of boyfriend until you was 25. So right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we definitely have a a different learning curve. And it's it's sad, but I mean it is our situation. I'm hoping that um as the world changes, it's changing slowly, but they have been have been great strides and change. And I think that um, the people in our community who made it, who have 
relationships that have worked, if they have long-term relationships, I feel like they have a responsibility to pass that knowledge on to others because we don't have a blueprint. Mm-hmm. We And that's another thing too, we have to unlearn all these heterosexual normative relationship things because we try to put them on homosexual relationships and they don't work. And our parents can't teach us either by example or just in general how to make it work because they don't have any experience in it. So we need we need some guidance from some some senior people in our community in order to figure that out. Yep, I agree with that. Wow. Mm. So this was an amazing conversation. I'm very 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 happy with it. I feel like I learned a little bit. I laughed. I cried. <laughs> it's just been such a roller coaster of emotion. Oh God. And I'm a fat boy, so now I just like need a piece of chicken to mellow. No. <laughs> I got to order some wings though, to be honest. <laughs> I got wings in the fridge. Why are you bullshitting? <laughs> but with all that being said, that is going to wrap up this episode of Gay Side Stories. So Hirsch, thank you again for joining me. Oh, thank you. Anytime. And tell people where they can find you. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Dow Jones, and you can find me on Instagram at I am. Dow Jones, and that's Dow with a zero, not a O. All right. The, all of that will be in the show notes so you guys can connect. Hopefully, you enjoyed this conversation. We're out. Peace. So, that's that on that. Another show in the books. Real quick before we get out of here, chime in. If you have thoughts on what you've heard, sound off. Use the hashtag GaySidePod when you're live tweeting or posting about the show. As a brief reminder, you can listen to this show on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, countless others, or whatever your favorite podcast app is. Send in any gay side mail to gaysidestories at gmail.com. And that can be letters, compliments, show topic ideas, stories, pitches for being on the show, if you want me to be on your show, send all of that stuff to gaysidestories at gmail.com. Take a moment to go over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating. And if you really love what I'm doing here, write a review. That's how people find us. And despite how Apple treats that podcast app, it is still the biggest hub for podcasts. And we want to be seen. With all that being said, thank you so much for listening. And as always, make sure you're sharing this podcast with others. I appreciate the likes, but reposting and resharing could potentially turn into a new listener. Remember, you can also find me on Ratchet Ramblings with Jeremy and Candace discussing black reality TV shows and being probably offensive, but it's all in good fun. Lastly... I say this all the time and I mean it. Love yourself and whether you're top, bottom, verse, however you identify, protect your walls or they will crumble. You do not want to be out here with walls like ancient ruins and I'm out. See you guys when I see you.